Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. We exist in the midst of many different worlds. The world that we walk through every day and that we, for lack of a better term, say we live in the midst of, is this world of form. And we see it, we touch it, um, we encounter it constantly, and within this world of form, there are the walking, talking forms, uh, humans, there are animal forms, the uh, animated forms. But we know, because we've been told by the ones who have contact with reality, that there is a temporary nature to this form. And there are formless things that we are also a part of and that have tremendous impact. So we have this world of form. We all know from science when we were younger that there's a substrata to this world that we don't see, uh, atoms. And then <clears throat> recently, quantum mechanics, even smaller and smaller particles that we don't see that act in various ways, some of which we can't predict. We seem to be able to predict how things will act in this world of form. We call that physics. Uh, as the forms get smaller and smaller, their actions are less predictable, and we understand them less, of course, because we don't, we can't contact them as easily and deal with them as easily. But in addition, because we've all studied Sufism, we know that there is a world of formlessness that also has great impact on existence. For instance, love doesn't have form, yet love has tremendous impact on our existence. If we are in a state of love, we are one way. If we are not in a state of love, we are another way. So this formless quality impacts the form tremendously. We say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, in the name of Allah, the merciful and the compassionate. Rahman is an essence that has no form, yet it has tremendous impact. Rahim, the same way. And all of the names of Allah have tremendous impact even though they have no form. They 
can't be measured or weighed or put up in front of a microscope, yet they impact tremendously on our existence. And in reality, in Haq, without Rahman and Rahim, all of this wouldn't exist. Because it was through Rahman and Rahim that Allah created all of this. Now, we are this temporary manifestation. And we are told by the prophets and by the friends of Allah and by the Ketubs and by the wise men that we have to make this temporary manifestation, this body, become pure. And what do they mean by this body becoming pure? Let's get back to the essences. We, when this fades away, when this body disappears, we are a light essence. We are not this bag of bones, as Rumi refers to humanity. Bags of bones. We are something other. Now imagine that this something other, this light essence, now has been freed from our temporary bodies. What makes one light essence different than another light essence? And it's important to understand this concept. In the same way that we have the qualities of Allah, which are not measurable, don't have form, yet have tremendous impact, we have qualities that are not Allah, which can't be measured, can't be weighed, yet have tremendous impact. Now, we've all heard our teacher, Baal Mahayadeen, say, that which separates me from you separates me from Allah. Well, let's think about that for a little bit. If I'm angry, it's very difficult for me to be close to people. If I'm arrogant, it's very difficult for me to be close to people. If I'm jealous, it's very difficult for me to be close to people. So in the same way that bricks make a wall in this world of illusion, the qualities that are not Allah make a wall in the next world. And why do we need to become pure in this world? So that we can merge in the next world. And if we are not pure, then we go into the next world with walls that separate us from the truth. So, if we have arrogance and we continue to carry the arrogance, not only does it separate us 
from humanity in this world, it separates us from the light beings in the next world, and it separates us from Allah in the next world. So, we are in the process of becoming pure, not just for now, not just for this moment that we are in this temporary manifestation. We are in the process of becoming pure so that we can move forward towards our merger with Allah, towards our disappearance. Now, if we are Rahman, if we are Rahim, if we are Latif, if we are Kabir, the merging is easy because these are all parts of Allah. But if we are arrogance, if we are jealousy, if we are resentment, the merging becomes impossible because these things aren't part of Allah. So we need to prepare ourselves, not just for this life, but for the next step, the next sojourn, the next traverse that we do, the next trip we go on. And in order not to be separated from that which we are traveling to, we have to become pure. So, what is sin? Well, sin is developing walls in our light body that stop us from merging with Allah. The sin of arrogance, the sin of jealousy, all of the things that separate us from our fellow man become the things that separate us from Allah. So, what is heaven and what is hell? Heaven is the ability to merge. Hell are the walls that stop us from merging. Who creates hell? We create hell because of the way we are. And if we want to create heaven, we have to change the way we are. We've been given this, these choices in our life, but we have to understand the consequences of our choices. Sometimes we confuse the way we feel and make it something other than it is. When we're angry, we feel we are expressing an appropriate reaction um, to some event that occurred to us. There is no appropriate anger. Sometimes when we carry resentment, we feel that we carry this as an appropriate reaction to something that somebody has done to us. There is no appropriate resentment. There is no appropriate jealousy. There is no appropriate 
quality other than the qualities of Allah. And if we begin to delve into and to carry the qualities that are not Allah within ourselves, then not only do we separate ourselves from humanity during this existence, we separate ourselves from Allah in the next existence. So, what is purity? Purity is removing the blemishes of everything that is not Allah from our existence in this world. Purity is removing the qualities that are not Allah from ourselves in this existence. Purity is feeling other people's hunger. Purity is feeling other people's joy. Purity is empathy, the ability to feel others. Now, think about it. Anger stops you from feeling others. As a matter of fact, it demonizes others. It makes them the other. I am and the other is, and there's something wrong with the other. When we focus too strongly on religion, what do we do to other religions? They become the other. They're not our religion. Since they're not our religion, they're wrong. Now we've created a separation. As soon as we begin to create separations, we create walls. It's like building a wall of bricks like like what's sitting out in the next yard that separates our border from our neighbor's border. In reality, we shouldn't have walls. In reality, we shouldn't have separations. In Haq, we have to be integrated in the most profound way. Integrated through the qualities of Allah into each other. There needs to be a union of ourselves and all of existence now if there's going to be a union of ourselves and all of the Creator later. So, what we are doing in the way we act in this world, is creating what goes on in the next world. And when we fully understand the implications of what we do, then we will begin to alter the way we act. Not because we're doing it on behalf of others at first, because we're doing it on behalf ourselves. And then, when we've become integrated, then we can truly work on behalf of others. Because you can't truly work on behalf of others until you're pure. Because if you're not pure, you have walls. And if you have a wall, what's that mean? It's another way of saying you're egocentric. You've separated yourself and you've made yourself the most important 
thing. And you do this by creating a wall around yourself. You do this by making yourself separate from everybody else so that you don't have empathy, feeling, touch for everybody else. You only have feeling for yourself and for your own. The story of Abraham and the sacrifice of his son is a story that represents that understanding. Allah came to Abraham and told him to kill his son. Why? Well, at the end, the reasoning came out. He was so close to his son that in future generations, there would be this arrogance of, I come from this specific bloodline. So the son had to be killed. So there would, no, there would not be any bloodline. And then a ram was substituted, but the lesson was explained. Abraham's grandson, Jacob, had two favorite sons, Benjamin and Joseph. The other brothers, there were twelve of there were twelve altogether, were jealous, especially of Joseph, and they kidnapped him, threw him in a well, and he eventually was sold and ended up in Egypt. Jacob mourned for years and years and years. It's said he became nearly blind from the tears that he shed for Joseph. Um, as the story goes on, there Joseph rose uh, in Egypt and became next to the Pharaoh one of the most important people in Egypt. And there was a famine in the area. And because of Joseph's preparation, Egypt was the only place where there had been sufficient food stored away for the famine. So Jacob's sons went to Egypt to get food. Now, this was a lot of years after Joseph had been sold into slavery. And right before Jacob was taken uh, and told about the situation with Joseph and that he was able to see Joseph, Allah sent an angel to Jacob and said, your compulsive love towards your son in abrogation of everybody else, is what kept you from seeing him. You were so, so close to him that you began to move away from Allah, so Allah kept him from you. This could have all happened much quicker <laughs> if you had given up that compulsion towards him. A lot was expected of the prophets. A lot is expected of us. 
we should not think that we are being held to any less high of a standard than anybody else in the world. We are all held to a high standard. Allah created man to be his vice-regent on earth. Now, that that doesn't say that he created some men to be his vice-regent on earth. He created all men to be his vice-regent on earth. So, never think of yourself as insignificant. Never think of yourself as powerless. Understand that the smallest thing that you do, if you do it correctly, rings throughout the heavens and is reported by the angels to Allah. This is not, this world is not about having statues built for yourself. This world is about becoming kind and becoming loving and becoming merciful and becoming compassionate and allowing kindness and mercy and compassion to stream through you from Allah. And when that occurs, Allah is in this world. What was it that was so overwhelming about Muhayyadeen that we came to him over and over and over and couldn't get enough of being in his presence? It was that the qualities of Allah streamed through him to us and when we were in that presence we were in a holy presence we need to become holy so that when we are present Allah is present because the qualities of Allah are carried in these bags of bones When we begin to understand that, then we truly begin to understand the purpose of this temporary existence. When we begin to act on that, we begin to be appropriate within the framework of why we were created. So, We have to constantly watch ourselves, watch how we act, watch why we do things, watch how we do things, watch our mouths, watch our hands, watch what we say, watch what we do. A quick word cuts the same way that a sword cuts. A calming word can heal the same way that a salve heals. We need to become healers in this world. And in so becoming, we break the walls that separate us from other men 
and separate us from Allah. May each of us understand that, become that, and do that. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.